0: Good morning, good morning, rabotai Welcome to Breakfast in the Class. Breakfast in the Class today is dedicated for the speedy and complete Refuashilema of our Rabbani, Khana Farhi, as well dedicated for the speedy and complete Refuashilema of Rabbi Eli Abadi, Eliyah Shuvan Also dedicated, Loving Memory Ezra ben Nechama, sponsored by his grandson, Abraham Sultan. And as the Refuashilema for Meir ben Shoshana Bezat Hashem. His surgery today should go, uh, please God, well, and bring him complete healing. Breakfast in the class is dedicated in loving memory and shmat, 12-year-old Shia singer, Shia Ben Chaim Ben Zion, Alava Shalom, who passed away suddenly last week at the age of 12. For a young boy who suffered cardiac arrest due to, due to, due to an allergic reaction, Avram Yosef Ben Cyril Golda Rivka, um, you saw, probably saw on, the, on Yeshiva World, on the news. And a loving memory of a five-year-old who also had passed away from cardiac arrest on Friday, Esther Frieda Bat Shalom, sponsored by Avram Simmons. My friends, I want to say just a public service announcement. It is always this time of year, during the three weeks and the nine days, that we unfortunately have these terrible tragedies happening. All sorts of crazy things that will happen with young people, uh, you know, and especially in the summer months. I, I just want to share. It's important. It is important. During the three weeks and the nine days, which are, as we know, a time which is set aside for punishment. Um, since time immemorial, we need to be extra careful. We don't engage during this period of time in any activity which may even have an element, element of danger. You know, that now is not the time to go skydiving, if ever there is a time. Don't go bungee jumping during the three weeks and the nine days. I'm not saying, God forbid, that that's what happened here with these young people. What I'm saying is that this is always a time of terrible tragedy, especially for young people. Please take extra precautions during this time. Um, to be to protect oneself in our community because they're not having weddings and parties and whatever so a lot of times people use this these days to go on vacation again you have to ask yourself if the reason why we're not having parties is because of the time of mourning is it the right time to go away and party it up wherever else because you're not having it's not really it's not the appropriate time the nine days especially not so from Wednesday from uh, from Wednesdays, Rosh Chodesh Av. All the laws kick into effect. My son-in-law, Rabbi Netanel Abinov, Rabbi in training, he produced a magnificent booklet with all the halachot of three weeks, the nine days, the Tshab If anyone would like, we can send you a copy of it. It's all brilliantly written, concise, and sourced at the bottom. So, my friends, we have an opportunity uh, during this time to, uh, to uh, mourn the Beit HaMikdash, to fix ourselves and our actions and first and foremost to ensure that we are behaving as safely as we can so that we don't put ourselves set ourselves up to be a sign uh, at breakfast. Okay? The last thing I want to share on a different note is I want to wish Arichut Yamim long life, health, happiness, and only berachot to my dear wife Khana Farhi Admiral Isreem. Um, whose birthday is today and we should be zokhe, to celebrate many, many more uh, only in the, best, in the best of health and with uh, wonderful things to the family, for the community, for Am Yisrael and beyond. Let us begin. The Parashah begins by telling us that Moshe Rabbeinu launches into a last will and testament. That last will and testament spans the entire book of Devarim and the stylistic differences that you'll see between the first four books and the last book of Devarim is because Moshe Rabbeinu effectively has maybe broken the fourth wall, like they say. Up until this point, Moshe Rabbeinu is speaking on behalf of God. He's telling us and relating these events, but Devarim by and large is different because it is Moshe Rabbeinu speaking in the first person to the Jewish people, okay? It's this, these words that he spoke to them before they went into Eretz Yisrael, which form the backbone of the, uh, the advice that Moshe Rabbeinu gives Am Yisrael, which is eternal. And I want to read you a beautiful line, which I think underscores uh, a huge part of why, People do not succeed in giving other people advice or other people tochacha, which means rebuke. Says the pasuk, these are the words that Moshe spoke <coughs> Was it, when he was in this place. This was the place he was in when he spoke uh, these words of rebuke. Achad yom mechorev. You know, this is how far it was away from Har Sinai. 40th year. Tells you the date, etc., etc., and then the Pasuk says, When did he speak these words? After hitting Sihon, the king of the Amorites. And he fought as well against Ogmelech Habashan. Moshe struck the Jewish people's enemies. He fought in these great battles uh, that, that preceded Am Yisrael's entry into Eretz Israel. Says Rashi, koto. <laughs> Amar Moshe, Moshe said to himself, Imani yeah. Mokhikam, if I give the Jewish people to rebuke, call them Shikansul before they get into Eretz Israel. Yomiru, the people might say, Malizia alenu What is this guy? What does this guy want from us? Ma'etivlanu, what good did he do to us? He's only coming to start up and to try and find something wrong. Because he does not have the strength, the power, or the mandate to bring us into the Eretz Israel. So maybe the reason why he's picking a fight with us is because he's trying to keep us in the desert knowing that he can't bring us in to the land of Israel. Therefore he waited until he fought their final battles. And they fell before them. And he divided up the land for them. And afterwards, he gave them his advice and his rebuke. My friends, I want to sit on this with you today for a few minutes. Moshe understood something that most people who are trying to give their children or their friends or their family advice do not understand. The first thing you have to know is that they will project every single one of their insecurities and failings on you. In the story of the Miraglim, the spies, the spies came back and they used a ploy, a method, to be able to make sure that the Jewish people would not go into the land of Israel. They told them about how dangerous, how big their enemies were, and that they could not be conquered, not by them, by the way, and not by God. Like the Pasuk says, they're very, very mighty nations. Ki hu mimenu. They're greater. Mimenu can mean from us. In Hebrew, the word mimenu means from us. But mimenu also means from him. These nations are too great for us, but they're also too great for him. We're never going to be able to go in. Why did the spies give that speech? Because the spies were leaders of the people in the desert. And they knew that there would be regime change when they moved into Eretz Israel. And they do not want to lose their positions of power. Sometimes, (coughs) when a person acts, they're not acting in your best interest. They're acting only in their own best interest. Now, Moshe was not that person, and this is the irony. The last person in the world you could project as a person who's trying to hold on to power of leadership is Moshe. Why? Because when God begs him to be the leader, what does Moshe say? Thank you. No. No, thank you. Don't want it. I'm not worthy. I don't want it. Give it to someone else. Give it. Seven days, Moshe argues with God until God gets angry with Moshe. And by the way, the Chachamim explained that Moshe gets punished by God for fighting too long. You know, sometimes the guy, you tell him, please go. Hazen. There's a, no, no, no. You're supposed to actually say no the first time, you know that. Out of humility, you're supposed to say no, no, no. Thank you, no. Fadal, come for lunch. No, 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 no. <laughs> Once, twice, couple times, three times. Then you gotta go. Hashem gets upset with Moshe. By the way, what's the punishment? Our Chachamim explained. Moshe originally was supposed to also be the Kohen Gadol. But because of his uh, his adamant refusal to be the leader he loses to Aaron my friends could you suggest for a second that Moshe is keeping the Jews in the desert because he can't take them in he can't get into the land of Israel because he's not supposed to go in and the reason why he's doing it is for his own power and his own ego why did Moshe think they would say that about him and the answer is because such is the way of people who are getting rebuke you come to someone and you say listen, the way you're behaving is not correct the very first thing people do the defense mechanisms come crashing down and they immediately look to say but you, me, you me, you you have this problem, you have that problem and even Moshe Rabbein was teaching us here Even if the suggestion is ludicrous. You think I want to be the leader? I argued and fought to not be this person. Still, still they will cast their failings on you. So how do you give advice if the person's only response, especially with young people, but it's not only young people. It's people who are threatened. People who have Napoleon Syndrome. Molian syndrome was where a person feels short. And I always say this, just because we have a name for a person feeling small in stature, in height, doesn't mean that the same exact syndrome does not apply to a person who feels small for any other reason. A person might feel small because they're small monetarily, financially. They might feel small because of their family status. They might feel small, because of their religious status. And sometimes, when a person feels inadequate in an area, what do they do? They fight and try to make themselves be the biggest guy in the world. My friends, I, I still remember. I still remember a guy yelling at me in the bagel store. I think I told you this. I'm in the bagel store, and... Um, and i said the guy's the guy i tell the guy uh the bagels the guy says oh give me the give me the egg bagel i want to make mazonot." so i'm a rabbi i just said to him i said you know the egg bagels here are hamotzi he goes no the egg i said okay you know what you know you guys know me i'm not a he's like father you can make hamotzi you can make uh Whatever you'd like to make, if you're having problems, whatever you like to make, whatever you want. You know. Why? Because I was in the bagel store once, when I saw this guy say, "I want same thing, I want an egg bagel. Mizonot. Guy standing next to him on line says, egg bagels are hamotzi. The guy says, impossible, egg bagels are mizonot. He says, I'm telling you, the bagels are hamotzi, these, not all, these egg bagels are hamotzi. He goes, no, no, they're yellow, they're, there's egg in them, there's the, it's not the halakha. Guy says, I'm the owner of the store, there's no egg in the egg bagel, we use food coloring. <laughs> <laughs> but make whatever you want. <laughs> Sorry? <laughs> Why do they call it egg bagel? Because they're, they're the one they want to make. They give you a plethora of choices. It's, it's flavoring, but there's not. it's not yellow because of egg yolk, okay? Anyway, so. You tell this guy. Anyway, the guy starts yelling, screaming. And then he says to me, and I just started laughing. You know, I'm, again, I'm not a confrontational guy. So the guy's like, look. He goes, I guess you just don't know the halakha. I said, all right. <laughs> Fadal. Um, he says, he said, did you ask your rabbi? That was my favorite line. He goes, did you ask your rabbi? I said, ask yeah, my rabbi. <laughs> I don't got to tell him, a guy like that. You're not winning the argument no matter what. Moshe Rabbeinu understands the nature of people. You want to give someone rebuke, admonishment. One of the things I ask people to stay focused on is, what is the point of your rebuke? What are you trying to achieve with this conversation? You're trying to convince them? Understand that they will project all of their failings on you. They will retranslate and rewrite and say that the reason why you're doing it is this, or that, or whatever, anything to not be at fault. What does Moshe do? Moshe waits until he goes to war against Sikhon and Og, Og with them. Because Moshe understands, as Rashid tells us, he went, he fought all their battles. He got them to the place where there was nothing left for them before they get into Eretz Israel. Moshe says to them, look, honey, I want only the best for you. If I wanted to keep you here in the desert for my own purposes, I probably wouldn't have gone to war and fought those battles that got you closer. Now I'm going to point this out. Really? Moshe needed to prove his loyalty, his usefulness to Am Yisrael? Didn't he do everything for them? Didn't he do everything for them? So there's a famous line. And the line goes, What have you done for me lately? You that line? What have you done for me lately? You're only as good as your last event. Famous lines. People always talk about. I think that Moshe Rabbeinu understood number one that the fact that he took them out of Egypt 40 years ago, it didn't matter anymore. Unfortunately, I see this with children all the time. My father could not give a darn about me, hasn't done anything for me in God knows how long. I say, what, is there a statute of limitations for gratitude? What, like, there's like a minimal amount of things they need to do for you each year, each month? Moshe Rabbein understood, doesn't matter. All the logic doesn't matter if you want someone to change and you want your message to be heard, they need to buy in and believe that you are team them. That this has nothing to do with you and you would do anything and in fact, listen to carefully, Moshe Rabbeinu knows not only that if he gets the Jewish people in, he's not going in, but like we find where the Pasuk tells us unbelievable with Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu tells the Jewish people after the story of of, uh, Bilam and Balak God says to Moshe attack the Midianites they just got you all to sin big plague in in Shimon big problem attack them and listen and he says and take the revenge of the Jewish people Moshe Rabbeinu comes and after that you will be drawn back to your people after that you're going to pass away Moshe goes to the Jewish people and he changes the language. He doesn't say take the revenge of the Jewish people. He says, take the revenge of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Moshe is not only, he knows that as soon as this battle, this campaign is over, his life is over. But he is so dedicated to the people and to getting them to their personal best that he uses and employs language That actually encourages and enthuses the Jewish people to get the job done even faster. If Hashem told me, listen, Shlomo, I love you, you're doing a great job, but I'm taking you back to Shammayim. As soon as you arrange a parade down 62nd Street, the very last thing that I'm going to choose to do is arrange a parade down 62nd Street. I know that until I do that, I'm gold. God said, you're not going to die until you do that. That's what God said. Moshe has a golden ticket. Fight the Midianites. And after the battle is done, that's when I'm going to take you. That's when Yenish and I will come back up to heaven. And what does Moshe do? He doesn't run away from danger. He runs towards it. He doesn't run away from the people's interests towards his own. He runs towards their interest. He gives so that they could take. When they see Moshe Rabbeinu's dedication, that's when they're prepared to listen. My friends, every person in this room who's gonna to listen to this online will have a time in their life where they need to ask their children, their wife, their friends, their worker, their boss to do something understand that until you've proven your loyalty now the person will assume the very worst of your intentions okay. and if you're asking them to change or to be better or to do so do more they, they, they will use every defense mechanism to fight against you so what do you do the answer Moshe Rabbein was teaching us is it's less about what you'll say to them and more about how they perceive you when you open your mouth. You may have lost the battle of communication before you even started if you didn't set the table properly. So you help the person and then you give them that advice. You sacrifice for the person and then you give them that rebuke. You go and put yourself out there to the point where you're fighting for them even more than you're fighting for yourself. And then they know that it's coming from the real, from a real place of care and concern. After that, my friends, it almost doesn't matter. And I want to end with this idea we spoke about last night Now, men's class. Listen to this. Moshe Rabbeinu begins his life as a leader by saying, Ki lo ish devarim anochi. I am not a man of words. And he ends his journey with them by saying, These are the words that Moshe spoke. How could this man, who could not string a sentence together, who needed a haron to go with him, to speak to Paro, he needed a translator, he needed a spokesperson, how does he get up and do this? How does that happen? You know what the answer is? The answer is a famous line. The line goes, in the end, people will not remember what you said. They will not remember what you did. They will only remember how you made them feel. If they can remember how you made them feel, then the words you use don't need to be so eloquent. They don't need to be so erudite, they don't need to be so wise or pithy or anything. Because if you're coming from the right place, even a person who can't speak well, like Moshe Rabenu, is capable of getting his message across to the deepest part of their hearts. How many times when we have an important thing to say do we sit down and review and think how we're gonna say it how we're going to word it, where we're going to come from, what argument we're going to use. And my friends, oftentimes you're investing all of your money, all of your effort in the wrong part of the game. You did not need you did not need to invest it in the arguments and in the positioning and in the persuasion. You needed to position it in your care for them. In the way that they feel that you feel about them once you got that part right you know what happens dad I don't know I don't agree with you but if that's what you say that's what I'm gonna do you know why because I know you have my best interests at heart my friends in marriages in relationships it's so often about this do they believe that you are on their team or on your own team. Are you trying to win for yourself or are you trying to win for them? If you can prove that to them, ideally by the way, in a scenario where you give in so that they win, then they understand that what you're asking of them is not for you, it's for them. And then the words don't matter so much. Hashem should bless us. Hashem should bless us that we should be able to evoke such feelings of trust in the people we care about the most. I had a person who called me once and said, Rabbi, I'm having trouble with my daughter. And you know, I know that you speak so well. Is it okay? I want you to work. I'm, I'm going to record you saying what I should say to her. Okay? And then I'm going to review it until I could say to her what you... I said, this is not four score and you're not not reviewing and repeating some great speech from Abraham Lincoln or Winston Churchill. You don't need my words. You need your heart. She right now does not believe. If you're struggling to get your message across, she does not believe that you are acting for her. She thinks that you're acting for your ego You don't want this relationship because it's not the right family for you. You don't want it because he's not this and your friends and how your friends gonna, she doesn't believe, she thinks that he's not religious enough or too religious. So what's she listening to? She's following her instinct and by the way, in in, in that in many cases, the other person is actually right. I am doing this for me. If you could invest in that and no one could make a recording of your heart for your daughter Go out of your way, invest in this, and then the words don't really matter. And they'll hear what you're trying to say as the words of the Pasuk say, panim el like water reflects a person's face in it, so too does the heart of a person reflect the heart of the person who's standing opposite them. Baruch Le'olam.